the night has come, when the night has come and the land is dark, and the moon is the only light, and the moon is the only light, and the moon is the only light, we will see. When the Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Weather Together. My name's Elijah. Um, we're here to talk about how things, uh, how we're all feeling about this Delta variant kind of wildness that's going on. Um, I know a lot of us were <laughs> kind of feeling like things were maybe improving. We're, I call it kind of like our naive, naive summer, or naive spring, where <laughs> um, personally, I wasn't really there. Uh, I, I foresaw this coming. Where, where were you with this, Marnita? Hi, I'm Marnita, and I feel very strongly that I, um, I guess I was hopeful. I have to be, I'm, I, I was hopeful, and I'm, I'm a little bit desolate. I'm down, yeah. So. What about you, Carla? Um, <laughs> I think I definitely echo that idea of there was, there was certainly a moment of hope there where everything seemed to be returning to the equilibrium of uh, not necessarily greatness, but certainly people weren't dying every day. Um, and now that seems to be gone. So it is a little bit desolate, as Marnita said. <laughs> Lauren? Um... Honestly, I think I was a little skeptical the entire time because in my circle, strangely, the funerals never stopped. And so even right. in the spring and in the summer, like I was still receiving notices of people in my life that were passing away. And so I didn't, it, it never changed really. I feel that, yeah, it's kind of a cycle of being constantly re-traumatized. So it never feels like even maybe the first trauma ever ended. Um, I can relate that. I think we're gonna jump to like the first question. We have a series of questions, by the way, we're posting that on, um, on our Facebook. It'll be uh, alongside this podcast. You can use them with your community, with your faith group, with your family um, to have a conversation um, about this, about how we're feeling with you know Delta variant, uh, maybe future variants coming down the way, how we're feeling um, as kind of COVID continues to ravage communities, especially um, uh, black and brown and under-resourced communities or exploited communities. Um, I'm just gonna- And, 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 and the other community, yeah. we do a lot of work with healthcare people. And right. I wanna remind you that one of the communities that it, you know, we always, we talk about communities, but communities aren't just one way. They are often more complex than just one dam. Um, one way. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I can't get the questions out of the chat now and they're no longer in the document. I'm trying to figure out how. Well, I mean, we'll figure that out. Continue your thought though. Well, I, uh, sorry. Um, so, so, you know, that we, we are communities within communities, if you will. So we are, uh, you know, there's our, my neighborhood community and there's my work community and there is my, um, maybe faith community or something and how each one of these communities, they overlap sometimes, they don't overlap sometimes. And, and what does that mean? And so that's something that I'm, I've been really experienced with. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> well, I just wanted to jump into these questions because we made a lot of them. <laughs> um, we said put a lot of work into question making here at the table um, to make questions that don't make assumptions, to make questions um, that are accessible to um, as many people as possible. Um, and I was just going to jump into. Do you have um, fears about the COVID Delta variant? Because I, I think that kind of gets to the the, br the brunt of this. For me, my main fear is, isn't necessarily of the Delta variant, it's of uh, maybe a continued string of variants as we work our way down the Greek letters. Um, I'm a proud, proud frat boy, so I actually know the Greek alphabet for no good reason. Um, um, and uh, I really want to not have to flex that knowledge. I really don't want to you know, get to the Omega variant. Um, like, it's not a thing that I'm like excited to do. Um, and Lambda is here, like what you're- Yeah, doing. and Lambda is being developed. Um, lambda la lambda is makes me la laugh a little because it sounds like it'd be the gay variant because of like Lambda legal, et cetera. Um, but it's not, it's just a variant for everybody. Um, what are your hope? Oh, what are your fears? What are your fears about the uh, Delta variant and kind of COVID as it proceeds, Carlo? Um. Well, definitely, obviously, the idea that it's going to there's going to be more and more variants and it's only going to keep getting worse and things are going to aggravate and the fact that anti-vaccination is a pandemic in of itself is going to make things worse, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I go to a school. And um, schools, right. uh, schools don't like to keep us outside of <laughs> the school uh, for various reasons. Private schools like to have a reason that you pay so much, and public schools uh, have anti-vaxxers up their back. Uh, so I will be going in person for the next year, and vaccination is not required for my school. So um you know, I am personally aware, I have family members who contracted the Delta variant, uh, even though they were vaccinated. Uh, indeed, the entire side of their family uh, contracted it, several people. Um, and that worries me greatly, that just one person can get it, uh, and I could get it. But it also worries me that they are not mandating vaccina vaccination, and I have approximately the same chance of spreading the Delta variant as somebody who was unvaccinated and possibly giving it to them. Um, I frankly think, well, I think that we could all agree that the way our government has handled it is totally irresponsible. And uh, it's indicative of our degradation as a society, really. The fact that we, you know, treat the discomfort of having a mask on uh, as more important than our lives. And, you know, as a teenager, who struggles greatly with acne, I no more than anybody else want to keep a plastic sweaty mask on my head all day long, but I do it because I don't want to kill people. So, you know, maybe we can work on that together. <laughs> so I think if I could ask Carlo, um, how, how was like the Delta variant for, for your members of your family? Like, how did it present? Because I know from what I've heard, it's like less extreme in uh, people who've been vaccinated, mm -hmm. yeah. um, but I know it's still not fun. It's still, <laughs> certainly still not something that you want. Uh, so I, I'm just kind of interested. Well, <laughs> to be frank, they're not the most responsible side of the family. So they were at the beach. Well, that's key. Okay, come on. <laughs> they, they came home 
and uh, they ended up telling us that they uh, <laughs> had COVID and they were in the hospital for a day and then they left. Uh, so they didn't really give us much more information than that, but um, I'm not entirely sure, <laughs> to be honest. Because you just make them sit in the front yard or something when they yeah. would tell you. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, uh, well, you know, I do think there's some stigma, you know, attached to not even wanting to tell people. But I also see like we had we were going to do an in-person meeting tomorrow and the person a person just emailed us and said, listen, I've been vaccinated, but I'm really it's I've been feeling more and more ill all day long and I don't feel like I can expose you. You know, so it goes back to this. I, I think the fear, you know, I would like somebody not every place when you walk in anymore is asking you questions like, have you recently had a fever? You know, have you been, you know, have you been exposed to it? Those kinds of things. And um, uh, what's, what's worrisome about the Delta variant to me from what I've read is that it's very, it is snacking on children. Um, uh, you know, it is actually hitting a different population. I guess it was okay when you were over 65 to die for a certain group of people before, but it, you know, like you, like you said, Carlo, it's, it's hitting, you're a student. Um, and, you know, it used to matter to us if, if I'm actually hearing people say, well, it's only, it probably only will kill, you know, 400 or 500 kids. And it used and, to be a national tragedy. That used to be viewed kind of as a national tragedy. Um, and if, so, think of that, if you view that as like, you know, a school bus going off of like a number of school buses, a series of school buses going, you know, off of cliffs, everyone would, that would be a flags half mast kind of moment. Right. That's more than the number of people who died in the south side, the, the condo that just melted to the ground, right? Um, and so, you know, some of these things we can't see. And I, I think people are fatigued, but just because you're fatigued, I'm um, I'm on a goal to get more healthy right now. And, you know, I'll tell you what's fatiguing. Every time you want a bowl of ice cream, having to eat some twigs. Okay, like that's actually fatiguing. Um, and knowing like that's gonna be your life for the rest of your life. Like I want a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> And I just am going to eat twigs. Like, yet we do. Is it enough a metaphor for salad? Or are you eating? Are you... Just, just whatever it is, it's green, it's leafy. It, it doesn't feel like you've eaten anything about 10 minutes after you eat it. It may be salad. It could be asparagus. It doesn't kind of matter what it is. Well, Marnita's on a journey. Lauren, what are your fears? <laughs> Y'all are funny. I, I, well, I think I'm, I'm in the same boat, honestly. Um, after death, um, I think my fears are around, obviously, like education and how that's going to be navigated. And then after that, I'd say, and this is always a fear, it's not like this is new, but it's the, the social division um and my nephew's school they the families were given the choice on whether they want to uh mask or not or have their kids mask or not and that just makes me incredibly nervous that the school just didn't like make a decision because now maybe people who you had good relationships with like that ends <laughs> if you disagree and that's 
that's kind of sad, right? Like you want to have good relationships with the people that are in your uh, children's classroom, especially in like elementary school. There are already so many things that maybe make you nervous about sending your black child to a school uh, that like, it's just adding to the segregation, I feel like. And that's what makes me most nervous or fearful because how, what will happen after that? And that makes me a little scared. Do you have a question that you want to jump into, Lauren? Well, actually, before that, you know, the other thing that I have to say, and it is one of our questions, is, you know, like, do you feel like you're receiving accurate information or is there anybody you can trust about right. this? And I, I, I want to preface this question as we jump into it with the idea that I'm almost 60 years old and I'm a Black woman, uh, as you can see. Um, if maybe you can't see me, but I am a black woman either way. Yeah, this is also um, a podcast. <laughs> I realize that I realize you can see, but maybe you can't see. It doesn't matter whether you can see me or not. I am still a black woman. Yeah, um, got it. And one of my observations is that I, I grew up in a really racist, white supremacist community. Like, like, and not just average white supremacist, like straight up, like cross burning, you know, Confederate flag, actual, visibly, visually. Flag far in the north. <laughs> yes, far in the north woods. Um, and one of the things that was a constant, and it still is, it's Charles Murray's book, The Bell Curve, all this stuff about Black people are stupid, right? Like, we don't like science, we don't like education, we don't, we don't want, we don't want no book learning, we don't want to speak, in, you know, like, just the narratives that Love have been it. told about Black people, um, and this is just science, you know, and I'm concerned that we aren't making public policy decisions based on, there's a reason people go to med school, right? Like, um, as opposed to, so, so, so is um, some guy who's just on the internet as, should you listen to them the same as say a doctor or, and I get it, I'm a black person, Tuskegee. Um, for me, like the thing about vaccinations was a bunch of really rich white people were like literally flying places to get it first. Right. Um, they were, like, they just, were like, uh, going to like, they were lying. They were like going they to, were like making things, <laughs> they, were, they were going to like reservations and stuff, right? Like, wild. like, like, like but private jets were flying places to get them. So anything that super rich white people are like lining up for, um, um, and then trying to convince me not to do, um, it feels like it's probably not designed to kill black people. It's, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and that was part of it. Like, you know, it's like, and, and also, I am also old enough. Diphtheria was a thing. Kids died of diphtheria when I was a kid. Like their throat closed up. Um, you know, so a, a lot of times I think people are saying, well, I, I haven't gotten it or I have, it hasn't been a problem. Well, it's because 
yeah, polio, we use something for it. And I feel uncomfortable because I'm getting pushed back now from a lot of people saying, well, like I'm entitled to my own position on this. And Marnita, we are just going to agree to disagree. And I am troubled about what that means for public policy being made in the future that isn't made on science. But just like my feeling is I'm uncomfortable. So I don't have to there is no expert, right? You can mask or not mask. Um, right. And um, I, I, I have similar feelings, but for me, I, I'm more concerned, I'm less concerned about like individual people's like individual feelings and more about some of the things that I think Carlo was alluding to with regards to like, I think there's a certain pride maybe element. It's like, a, it's half a kind of cold hearted um, uh, preference of and like, uh, prioritizing business um, over the lives of people, of marginalized people in particular, and then half a certain pride aspect of uh, mask mandates were pulled, uh, there was celebrations everywhere, and now they feel that, you know, they can't put them back in place because that would be embarrassing, um, because that would be undoing kind of the patting on the back that a lot of people in our government had done um, after it felt like COVID was on the decline, um, even though it really wasn't <laughs> um well yes and i also feel like we instead of asking people for there's this tension you know um has anybody read any of the stories about what happened in the i can't remember the town in germany that basically got washed away no um, anyway, there's just a quote from the mayor and he said something like, well, you know, it seems like economic considerations often override every other consideration. Right. Um, and then they listed the series of things that this town had done. Um, like, for instance, they. Good flood management would say. Um, do not have your fields pointed to the mountains so that the fields that the runoff coming off the mountain literally has ir irrigation grooves to follow to flood a place that if you turn it on the perpendicular that 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 becomes part of the floodplain right and so but they had done it because crops could be more easily planted um right and it was having, expensive to change it uh, um and the entire city got washed away right like they had done enough of these things that they actually knew scientifically should not be done mm -hmm. but at the end of the day somebody said um i think it's i think we can make some money or <laughs> i think we you know so there is a reason i even understand i have a lot of sympathy um that that i feel like every day there is a different directive, but shouldn't there be a different directive almost every day since the ground is changing, right? Like mm -hmm. people are acting like we've known about this forever, but we haven't. What do you think, Carlo? <laughs> um, I definitely think that the idea that there is a pride in just, should I say inertia? <laughs> there's like yeah, a feeling. That's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, yeah, there's a feeling. There's a feeling that um, we've reached a point that uh, we we just any change to is just gonna collapse the whole thing. Uh, then our inertia is gonna be broken. Um, I think there's definitely something to that. Um, I think that there's also just sort of this idea that we're coming across a point 
where the United States is not working in the way that it has always worked uh, with like our, our eternal ideals of states first and uh, individual rights first, et cetera. When, um, you know, for example, immediately when, uh, when uh, COVID-19 uh, came out uh, last year, whole year ago, wow. <laughs> and uh, we were all talking about it for a bit and we were all a little bit afraid and our politicians came out in droves, uh, Democrats and Republicans alike, to say, uh, to condemn China for the way that they were handling it, for what they were doing with saying, uh, you have to stay home and inside, you can no longer go to the market as, no, as usual, you have to have these tests, et cetera, you cannot leave your house, all these things that now are exactly what we have done for an entire year. But um, there was this whole idea of like, this just totally infringes on that sort of prideful ideal of the, we have a system that works and any changes to it might, you know, collapse the whole system, might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, I think that generally a truly democratic system should be built around the idea of dynamism uh, because humans are not eternal beings. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but humans do <laughs> die. And uh, in fact, they're predecessors as well as their descendants have different ideas to them. So there's an interesting idea to me in the fact that we live in a world where the United States is just, again, not working as it usually does. You know, even perhaps, maybe there is even a world, an alternate universe where we could have, you know, not have to have quarantined so vigorously as we did. I mean, there are countries, for example, that did not do that, like New Zealand, et cetera, but um, it, it didn't work here. <laughs> Something went wrong. Um, so I think that that idea of pride is really interesting to me. Yeah, Lauren, do you have a question you want to raise? Um, I kind of wanted to respond to that too. Oh, perfect. Go for it. Um, yeah, I think you, you have a really great point, Carlo, and things should change as they need to. However, people are really sensitive and too many changes too rapidly, too quickly, as we could see, causes chaos, even if it makes the most logical sense, like literally one plus one equals two cents. <laughs> it doesn't matter because they're emotional beings. And so they can't handle that many changes at one time, even if it's the thing that will literally keep everyone alive. Um, so it's fascinating. I don't know why that is, but it seems to be that way. Uh, should I pick a question? Does anyone else have a question that they like or can I go ahead? That's for you. All right, I'll go for it. Um, I know we just did the, the fears one, but um, I've been thinking about the hopes. Um, I think there was a lot more fear the first time around in last year for me personally, because I do live with a senior. There was no vaccine in sight, right? There are so many more question marks for me in terms of safety than there are now. And I feel like I know if we go on lockdown again, I know what to do to somewhat stay sane. And I know what to do to somewhat help the people around me stay sane. It involves a lot of uh, screens. And I know a lot of people don't have access to that all the time. Um, but for me, myself, um, 
I'm hopeful that I'll know how to manage because I'm not doing this for the first time. And I, I'm hopeful that other people feel that way too. And I'll pass it to Elijah. Have you answered a question now? No, I haven't. Thank you. Um, so the question was the hopes question, right? Was it hopes? Yes. Yeah. Um, I guess, I guess it, I, I'm bringing it back to the pride. Um, I hope people can get over their pride and I hope people um, aren't taken in by the inertia that was kind of started in spring of maybe feeling like everything is just going to go back to normal by, you know, August, by September, because it's not shaping out that way. That's just not how it's shaping out. And it sucks. It really sucks. Um, but you kind of got to, you know, put on your grown up pants and deal with the fact that it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. Um, so my number one hope is just that people can kind of accept that reality um, and continue to hopefully prioritize um, a certain level of safety. I, I don't think I, from what I've seen, I don't think things need to go fully back to the way things were. Um, but I do think we still, you know, need to do something. We need to follow mandates. We need to um, not treat things as business as usual as it was, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, Carlo, what are your hopes? Definitely that similar idea. Um, I hope that we can accept a certain level of dynamism after this because um, frankly, uh, the last two years or so, even the last, uh, I'd say like decade has been um, some of the most tumultuous years in the history of the United States of America uh, and very, very transformative in a way. And at the same time, very, very traditional. Uh, there's that as we have decided to moniker it uh, pride that is keeping us from properly transforming our political society. But um, there have been so many great upheavals, uh, ranging from the you know recovery from the 2008 crisis to right. the crisis that is happening currently with the economy and the unemployment crisis to boot, along with the pandemic, along with all the radical political extremes coming up, et cetera. It's a grab um, bag of crises. crises. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. A real shoal of things. Um, <laughs> and we, there's, there's definitely that refusal to accept that things are changing, whether or not we like it. Uh, and there's that refusal to accept that uh, if you try and pull back the development of a thing, uh, it will most certainly backfire on you. <laughs> um, so I, I do hope that uh, by the end of this whole thing, should I say, but it's very vague, by the end of COVID-19, uh, by the time we've exterminated the virus, uh, we have accepted a certain level of dynamism, a certain level of capacity to accept that we need to change, accept that not everything works for everybody, not everything works all the time. Uh, and, you know, America, it'll become a different country. It has become a different country throughout its history. And that's not a bad thing. Fair enough. Uh, Marnita, what are your hopes? You're muted. You're I, I have no hopes. I'm dark. I, you know, I, I've got a losing faith in humans. I, I find that um, I, I get asked a lot 
in, in, in by CEOs and others about things like, why can't we retain our black and brown employees? Mm -hmm. um, they come and then, you know, within two years they leave. And I think sometimes it has to do with this piece that nobody is leading on some of these big issues, right? Like, like, you know, what stage of government should actually be telling us what we need or how do we trust? Like, could we even mobilize a public health? How did we get everybody, when the polio vaccine came out, nobody said, nope, I'm not gonna use it, right? And now we have a community that literally um, doesn't believe in the efficacy of vaccines. Um, and what does that mean for us as a community? Is it okay for, for people not to? Can we just say, it's okay, you don't have to. Um, you know, it's kind of like living on a property where if you said to somebody, you know, when I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, um, a lot of people had tires in their yard, like. I love, I love a good car yard, honestly. Okay, okay, okay. So tires in their yard. So I don't know if you know this, but when you, when you have a tire that lies sideways in the yard, one of the things that can happen in a place that's really rainy is a lot of rain can get into a tire that's laying sideways. And do you know what happens in a, in a community where there's a bunch of sources of water? Yeah, uh, right. Huh? Mosquitoes? Mosquitoes, right? Like, so uh -huh. here's something that, um, and mosquitoes can carry in different parts of the world, of course, disease, right? So it was against the law in my community to have open sludgy water, right? That, that could breed mosquitoes. Um, and, you know, I, I think of things, like I think of, like to me, one of the most commonsensical things that I always talk to libertarians who talk about freedom. You know, I live in um, I live in a pretty quiet neighborhood. By ten o'clock at night, it's a quiet down. And what would happen if I started playing some banging rap music at two a.m. On my block, right? I mean, in my experience, the police come. And the police come, right? And tell you and, it's a nice neighborhood. The police come and tell inform you that it is a nice neighborhood and that you need to conform to the community standards. Um, yet nobody dies if I play rap music loudly at two in the morning. Well, maybe somebody, but uh, you know what I mean? Like, but so we have these things that are not breaking people's freedom that they freely, you know, we, nobody says, uh, people don't try and insist when they go into a restaurant, they will not wear, they refuse to wear shoes and shirts, damn it. Oh, you don't, you don't know. There's a whole movement called Barefoot is Legal. You, you need to look into this. <laughs> okay, see? There, there is a community. <laughs> Barefoot is legal is a force to be reckoned with. I'm just telling you. Oh, I have some things to show you. Well, see, that's exciting. Why don't we do a whole show exciting. on Oh, no, it's not exciting. <laughs> but you know what? But again, we do welcome anyway, people get, with different, with different yeah, viewpoints. Get, get, get to the end of your string, string of metaphors, please. <laughs> I don't even know what the end was. I do. But yeah, I, I, I was following it, so I do. I think the end of your string of metaphors had to do with the idea that we as a community accept 
um, a lot of infringements on our freedom, hypothetically, for reasons that aren't even public safety related, aren't public right. safety related. Uh, can't end you up in the hospital, right? Exactly. Like, it will then, not, you know, like if you're pre-diabetic and I play my loud music, I may not be giving you a respiratory condition and long COVID for the rest of your life. Yes, ludicrous is not going to cause anything, any sort of disease. Other than, a, party to Other than a dance yeah. party to break out. Exactly. <laughs> um well maybe that's what they're afraid of <laughs> yeah, I mean, un unironically that is what they're afraid of in in kenwood um do we have any uh, final notes that we wanted to add about our thoughts on things developing delta variant wise lauren, well, should we pay, I'm, well, I'm throwing it to lauren we, first yeah should we pay attention you think yeah i don't have anything else to to mention i feel like i've shared my hopes and my fears and i guess i'm i think i'm just wanting people to be intentional about how they move forward that's all i ask and that's it carlo um definitely that idea of just being open to change and uh, open to discomfort yourself a little bit for the benefit of other people. Marnita? Yeah. Um, think about who you trust and why you trust them mm -hmm. and what this means to all of us. And it isn't always about our individual pride. Yeah, I can agree with that. That's kind of my main thought is just, I don't know. It's not really about me. It's kind of broadly uh, what I think about this. It's about people at risk in the community. It's, uh, it's also about the principle of the thing of being community minded. Um, with that, um, we've discussed a lot. Um, we uh, have questions everywhere this podcast is posted um, that if you wanna have this kind of conversation um, about um, how we're feeling with COVID moving forward, how we're feeling about variants popping up, um, use these questions in your community, you know, in your faith group, in your family, um, in your organization. Um, and you can have a really strong conversation about you know, some things that are, might be difficult to talk about. And with that, we're wrapping up Weather Together. Bye, everybody. One for all. One for all. It's all, it's all for one. Let's start a union. Call it every human. It's one for all and all for one. Let's live in unison. Call it every city, son. It's one for all and all for one. Take no more, it's drastic time for sure. We need an antidote and a cure. Cause do you really think Muhammad got a problem with Jehovah? We don't want war. Imagine if every prophet was alive and current days amongst you and I. You think they would view life like you and I do? Or what they sit and contemplate on why do we live this way? Act and behave this way. We still live in primitive today. Cause the peace of the destination in war can't be the way. There's no way. So people just be a woman, be a man. Realize that you can't change the world by changing yourself. And understand that we all just the same So when I count of three, let's change Whoa, 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 whoa.
for all and all for 